This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Briars, America's favorite ice cream brand. You can say that again. Uh, say what? That Briar's Carbs Mart is one of our latest sponsors? <laughs> that was silly that they're our friends. Because any brand that serves up unbelievably delicious frozen treats with just three to five grams net carbs per serving is like a best friend. Okay. <laughs> I think that makes us our listeners' best friends, too, because we're serving up a discount. Hop on over to briars.com backslash didn't I just feed you to grab an exclusive savings on CarbSmart at your favorite major retailer. Add your ground beef in a single layer, kind of break it up with your fingers into larger chunks, even if you want it to be sort of fine in your finished dish, and let it cook. You want it to cook for like three or four minutes undisturbed because like really browning it is going to add so much texture and so much flavor to the meat before you even get to like adding your taco seasoning, adding your pasta sauce, whatever you're adding to the skillet. Just go straight into browning it first. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Before we get started, we want to make sure that if you haven't already, you take a moment to hit subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you don't want to miss a thing. And hey, if you're feeling really generous, you can rate and review too. It helps a ton and we know you can do it while you're listening because you're a parent, which means you're also a master multitasker. Today, we're going to talk about what to do with ground meat, which is funny because Stacy has really not wanted to do this episode. <laughs> exactly true that I haven't wanted to do the episode. You're like, I, I don't just know. I don't seems... really get it. Like, do people really I... buy that much ground meat? Like, they do. do they, they really do. need ideas. You know to what it is? It? It's something much more like visceral than that. It's just the idea of talking about ground meat. Like, it just sounds gross. Like, it just like it feels gross or it sounds gross. I don't know. <laughs> So weird because I actually buy ground it? meat all the time. Should we call it mincemeat? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should call it mincemeat. And uh, I don't like, know if I can pull off a British accent. I was just like. gonna. 
how did you know I was going there? And, and then I had this whole conversation in my mince, head. In a mince little old blue. Yeah. Yes. Uh, everyone uh, that, might hate us if we do that. So uh, we should probably not. Not only hate us, but like, isn't this like weirdly like culturally inappropriate yes, or something? Inappropriate. We're just going to have to call it ground meat. Ground beef. <laughs> Ground chicken, ground pork. Hello, since you called me out on the episode when we started, I was like, "Is this ground meat or ground beef?" You're like, "It's ground I meat." I couldn't it's get ground it beef. straight. It's ground I meat. I couldn't get it straight. I couldn't get it straight. I'm just going to be so honest with you. Also, okay, I is that should... because mostly people just use ground beef? No, I don't think that's true at all. Because don't people buy a lot of ground chicken, chicken lady? They do. I think people grab ground turkey more than they ground. They grab. Yes, I basically grew up on ground turkey. Yeah. So I hope that people buy ground chicken. I think that people are used to. I think this is changing, but I think that people are used to boneless, skinless chicken breast, mm-hmm. and that's white meat. And when you get ground white meat, it doesn't turn out as good as ground dark meat which is available. You can get ground chicken that's dark meat. But I think people get turkey because they think it turns out more moist for that reason. Interesting. I'd be curious to know, and I don't, if ground turkey is like breast and thigh meat and that, so it's like a little more balanced. I Still believe lean, it is. but has more fat in it. Yeah. What do you buy most this often? This is already a thrilling conversation. I know. How did I think it wouldn't be good? <laughs> Um, I buy ground chicken, but I buy dark meat. Okay. I used to buy ground turkey more, but now I exclusively buy ground chicken because I'm the chicken lady. On chicken. Winner, 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 chicken chicken dinner. dinner. (laughs) Available wherever books are sold. (laughs) And on our website. Um, And I buy a lot of ground beef. And during quarantine, I've been buying more ground beef and I've been experimenting with different blends. Like I used to just buy, and let's talk about that. Let's talk about fat content. But I used to buy just like ground, like pretty lean ground beef. And now I'm like, let's do half brisket, half, you know, sirloin uh, or um, short rib. I've done some ground short rib mixed with sirloin. Um, just to get like a yummier, like fattier, more flavorful burger. A more meaty flavor. I've also done some ground bacon. Yes. I do think that like ground brisket and ground short rib are things that you'll more likely find at a specialty butcher or somewhere like Whole Foods versus like your Mega Mart, your Safeway, your Albertsons, Kroger, whatever you have. You're more likely to find either it labeled as like lean or extra lean or ground sirloin and ground chuck or just sort of like generic ground beef. Totally. Although all those big supermarkets, not all of them, but a good majority of them have butchers. And you yes, can always so ask. you can get things ground, yep. like, which we'll I've do done. That. And my hot tip for that is like, if you need anything from your butcher, that's not just out of the case, or like right straight out of the beef case or meat case, I should say. See, meat, beef, I'm going to mix them up the whole episode. <laughs> You should stop by first and be like, hey, can I get ground short rib 
and then come back when you've already done your shopping rather than like standing there and waiting because your butcher doesn't want to stare at you while they do their work. (laughs) You might want to stare at your butcher. Hey, that's a different story. A whole different story. Also, I'm seeing a lot more in grocery stores ground bison, which I've never purchased, but people are really into for burgers also and for its meaty flavor. I have purchased it not in a while. Like I was curious. I don't I feel like it was like two summers ago. It's leaner. It still has like a nice meaty flavor, like savory flavor. But I think the main reason to buy it is that it's just like leaner and supposedly a little bit healthier for you. I remember it being more expensive. So that's a factor. Something to keep in mind. Now, we primarily buy ground beef and ground pork. I don't really buy a lot of ground turkey or ground chicken, but I want to be convinced that I should. So this is a great episode for to talk about. Okay. That's interesting. So I don't buy ground pork very often, except like if I'm going to make meatballs or specific things. And we have a whole, um, don't we have a whole episode on meatballs? A whole ding dang episode about meatballs. (laughs) Love, freaking love meatballs. Anyway, so that's interesting. I, instead of ground pork, like the way I said, like, I buy it every once in a while, I buy ground lamb every once in a while too. Ooh. Yeah. And my kids don't love lamb, but I have found that if I get quality lamb that isn't gamey and some, by the way, some like high end lamb is gamey on purpose. Right. But my kids don't like that flavor. So if I get some lamb that isn't too gamey and I combine it with beef, I sometimes make Greek style meatballs or burgers with that. And that's so freaking good by the way. Yeah, you can do like kufta, like you can do a lot of different things, but I usually do something like Greek or Middle Eastern just because that's, I don't know, that's how I grew up. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes sense, right? Like that's your influence. And I can't really say that I buy ground lamb and do anything else different with it. I also do like Greek style meatballs and kufta, et cetera. Love it. Because you get to do like a whole different flavor profile. You get to play with like lemon and for Greek ones, like mint and parsley and lemon zest. It's delicious. And more Middle Eastern, like cumin and all that good stuff. Is it so weird to say that I feel like when people talk about meat being gamey, whether it's bison or lamb or it's um, deer meat, there's a word for deer meat. What is the word for it? Anyways, whether it's any of those that are like can be a little bit gamey, I think of that as like has some sort of similar flavors to red wine. And so that's why I think like things like feta and cumin go so well with it. Is that so weird? That's such a weird way to describe it. Venison. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was going to drive me crazy. So that's just like a really hot take tip. I'm just making it up right now, right here, which is when you're thinking about how you're going to cook whatever ground meat you buy, thinking about how it tastes will help guide you into what like seasonings and flavors to use with it. So should we like dive into like different things you can make with ground meat and then which for each of those things talk about which meats we would use? I think we we should. And I think that for many of them, it's like, well, you can use X, Y or Z. And this is what we like best. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this before we started, which is I think of like categories of ground meat, like how to cook it, because there's this whole category of like 
you brown it in a skillet and then you season it with whatever and then add other ingredients or serve it on top of things. So I feel like that's a really, and I think that's what people automatically think of when they think of cooking ground meat. So we should talk about that a little bit, browning meat, because I do think it's important and I think people don't know how to do it. Is that yeah. a weird assumption? I'm. It's a weird. Let me ask you if it's weird. <laughs> okay, I am a huge fan of browning meat with just salt and pepper, or just salt, honestly, in a heavy duty pan over medium high heat, and you get your oil nice and warm. Yes, you need oil, even if you're cooking with ground chuck, which has like plenty of fat in it, but to enhance your browning you need a little bit of oil neutral oil olive oil whatever you like to use get it nice and hot add your ground beef in a single layer kind of break it up with your fingers into larger chunks even if you want it to be sort of fine in your finished dish and let it cook you want it to cook for like three or four minutes undisturbed because like really browning it is going to add so much texture and so much flavor to the meat before you even get to like adding your taco seasoning adding your pasta sauce, whatever you're adding to the skillet, just go straight into browning it first. And then use your spatula to flip it over and also brown the other side. And then that's when you like can go in with your spatula, your wooden spoon, or even a potato masher and sort of like start mincing up your meat. But I think browning is crucial to any time that you're gonna use your ground meat in sort of like a crumbled and seasoned application. Yeah, I think that a lot of people get afraid that the meat is going to burn or that the pan is going to burn. And so they, you know, break up the meat or flip it over or whatever, even with whole pieces of meat too early. And it's a little counterintuitive, but the longer you leave it, the more of a crust develops, actually the easier it's going to (laughs) be to not get it to burn and stick to the pan. And bonus, you've developed much more flavor. So really don't be be afraid, push yourself. Like if you always are like, this is a little lackluster, push yourself a few, like, you know, a minute, 30 seconds longer each time. And you'll, you'll see that you can go pretty far and it's actually going to be more flavorful. And any of those bits that stick to the pan, you, you know, once you add whatever it is, like even with taco meat, you might add a little tomato sauce or a little bit of broth just to, you know make it so that it's not just dry. And that liquid will help peel up all those brown bits, which have a ton of extra flavor. Here, here. I see a lot of people also like starting in a cold pan with their ground beef and letting the pan and the beef heat up together. I keep saying beef and I mean this for all, (laughs) I mean this for all meat, their ground meat in the pan. And like, then it sort of like sweats out yeah. all of its juiciness and totally. all of that like cooks off. And that makes it drier than if you get your pan nice and hot and you basically like fry your ground meat totally. in the pan. Because even though you're breaking it up, it is like a piece of regular meat, like a chicken breast or a steak where searing helps seal in juices. <laughs> so if you let all those juices seep out before you've gotten a sear and developed that crust and that flavor, which all that texture and yumminess comes from that we've been talking about, then, you know, it's going to be dry. Here, here. Okay. I want to talk about our favorite ways to use crumbled and seasoned. That's what crumbled I'm going to call seasoned. it. Seasoned. Ground beef. We talked about tacos. Uh, but we didn't talk about one of our favorites, which is nachos. Hello. 
Hello. Hello. You can use your taco meat to make nachos. Also, I'm going to eat crow here and say we've been eating a lot of hot dogs this summer. (laughs) (laughs) So we've also been eating a lot of chili cheese dogs. And uh, for chili cheese dog, I like ground sirloin because it's kind of like this. There's sauce around the chili when you're making a chili cheese dog. And so I want like the meaty flavor to contrast with the salt, the sauce and the hot dogs themselves. Mm, that sounds yummy. Mm. And for nachos, tacos, chili, all of those, any really meat will do. Definitely chicken, turkey, beef, lamb, less so, I think. Uh, you know, hey, listen, play around. Far be it from us to define rules and hold you back home cooks. But for me, lamb definitely is about matching up flavors that work. So I actually have done like Greek style nachos. I was going to call you out and be like, we talked about this in the nacho episode. I have. And there you might want like lamb for your totally your nachos. I just mean like the turkey, the beef, the chicken can all work with the more quote unquote traditional like flavor profiles. Yes. But I would change it up with lamb. Um, Oh, and pork too. Yes. Beautiful that way. So nachos, tacos, burritos, um, chilies, meat sauces of various kinds. Can we talk about meat sauces? I think we should like ragu. We do a lot like pork ragu where we basically like cook and season ground pork and then use even just jarred tomato sauce and then eat that over grits or polenta or sometimes pasta, which I think a lot of people think like, oh, beef. And pasta sauce and spaghetti is like the only meat sauce that you can do. But there's so many. So here's something I did with ground beef recently. Actually, the recipe called for just ground beef. I did a combination of ground beef and Italian sausage. And I made mapo tofu. And I will link to the recipe. The recipe was listed on... um, Salt and Spines website. So Salt and Spine is another podcast that we absolutely adore. And Brian interviews cookbook authors. And that was one of the recipes shared by one of his cookbook authors. And it we was had him on delicious. the show a couple of times. Yes. We have. You were also talking about in a live a couple of weeks ago now about how you made like a hamburger helper style pasta dinner with ground meat. Yeah. So shake the head chef for Shake Shack (laughs) shared like his version of like DIY hamburger helper. Are people are some people too young to know what hamburger helper is? Oh, God, I hope everyone knows what hamburger helper is with the hand. (laughs) Wasn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Who thought of that? Can you imagine it was advertising a, it was room? a helping hand. That is so weird. Like hamburger who's... helper, helper, helping hand. I grew up on hamburger helper. So if did you I. don't know what it is. It's like I'm like, it's like Rizzeroni, but maybe people don't know what Rizzeroni oh, is. I know. The San Francisco treat. It's like mac and cheese. It's basically food in a box. Add ground beef. Yes. It's, it's so like, super processed, like the sauce is super processed. The the secondary like cheese sauce that you add to many of them <laughs> is like cheese powder that you reconstitute with milk. And it is chef kisses fingers. Good, you guys. <laughs> it's like a box with pasta, like weird seasoning in an envelope. And they're like, add beef. You guys, if you ever wanted to truly understand me as a whole person, that's my <laughs> Hamburger Helper is my food culture. I grew up on it because I had a <laughs> single working mom. And that's like the thing I started learning to cook with, like cooking the ground beef and adding all the 
processed packets. And I still love it. I can't. You know, that's very interesting because I am Greek and my grandmother was a very good cook and my father was a very good cook and, uh, you know, ran restaurants and owned a restaurant eventually. But my mom, when I lived with my mom during the week, she was for a good portion of my life, a single working mom who also then went back to school. So I also had this other side, like rice was a staple hamburger helper, like these were staples. She got them so that she could make dinner very quickly and easily after a long day's work and eventually so that I could make my own dinner. So I feel that. And the version from Shake Shack was really delicious and actually called for a combination of ground beef, which I just had like ground chuck and ground bacon, which I had purchased a thick cut bacon and then I just put it through the food processor myself. Oh, that's smart. I would not have even thought to do that. I was like, wow, you got your meat grinder out? No. Good on you, Food processor. And I want to talk about that too, because I have a recipe in winner, winner chicken dinner for a chicken uh, meat sauce, a chicken ragu. Which I've had and is so good. You made it for me, actually. Yes, I did. I was still developing the recipe at that point, I think. So yeah, like trying to figure out... The things that pain us when we're developing recipe, I was like, should it be half chopped diced tomatoes and half tomato sauce or like three quarters tomato sauce or like what's (laughs) going to give me the perfect yield in the shortest amount of time. But my kids love that recipe. And I experimented both with pre-ground chicken or just grinding the chicken yourself. And I have a little note about it, but I actually found that grinding the chicken yourself was great. And when you're doing something that has a lot of chopping, like a lot of meat sauces do, because you got to do for some of, or a lot of them, onion, at least onion, maybe onion and garlic. In mine, it was also onion, garlic, carrot, and celery. Mm -hmm. And so you take out the food processor, you do all the vegetables first because the meat gets kind of gunky. That's a technical term. Um, (laughs) But the food processor helps speed up the chopping of the vegetables. And then since it's already out... You take boneless, skinless chicken thighs and then just grind them yourself. So I I found that's what yielded the best result. So you should definitely buy the book because there's lots uh, more. Obviously. Awesome. <laughs> Tips um, in there. I'm like, you shouldn't have given all that away, Stacey. Oh, that's just Shh. one recipe. Don't wait. That's just one. There's more where that came from. I need a snack. Hey, Megan. What do you get when you put together a frozen treat with great ice cream flavor and only three to five grams net carbs? One happy Stacy. <laughs> How did you guess? I thought it was more mysterious than that, but fine. I can be honest. I'm basic and proud. I want to keep my carbs low because you all know by now that doing so makes me feel better, but I want my ice cream too. Hey, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. At least it used to be. But now, thanks to Breyer's Carb Smart, enjoying delicious frozen treats and keeping it low carb actually work together. They do, and just in time for summer ice cream season. With flavors like chocolate fudge, peanut butter, caramel swirl, and more, I can stock up on tubs and bars to treat myself all season long and then some. Me too, and I don't even care about counting carbs. <laughs> I just love how tasty Carb Smart is. Even my kids agree. Mine do too, but it's kind of annoying because I keep eating my stash. Stacy, you already got delicious low carb frozen treats and you want to not have to share with your kids too. You can't have all the cakes and eat them too. Uh, I guess <laughs> you're right. I'll just have to stock up on more. Join me by grabbing your exclusive Briars Carb Smart discount at briars.com backslash didn't I just feed you and taking that savings to your favorite major retailer. 
but let's talk about, so we're like in a meat sauce zone, but there's also things like stuffed shells. Mm-hmm. I've done taco style stuffed shells too. Ooh, FYI. I love that. And there's lasagnas and all kind, all manner of baked pasta. Which leads right straight into casseroles, like oh. hot, di- hot dish, or some people call it tater tot casserole, where you basically make this really robust meat gravy. So you can use any kind of ground meat. <laughs> I particularly like ground turkey for this because, like, you can use it's less expensive, and because you're like building a gravy around it, it's nice and moist. I don't love that word, but it's what it is. <laughs> and then you can add like any frozen vegetables and you put it in a casserole dish and you put tater tots in, on top of it and put it in the oven. And it's sort of like, sort of like a shortcut shepherd's pie. I was just going to say, like, that reminds me of shepherd's pie. So I've never, ever, ever made hot dish. You should. Um, I know. I feel I like your boys would love it. But I love shepherd's pie. Um, and again, that's great with beef, beef and lamb, actually lamb. This is a really good one for lamb or chicken or turkey. I've never made it with pork, but I love that. And also like a pot pie. If you don't feel like making the mashed potatoes, feels like an extra step. Puff pastry on top is fun yeah. too. Or store-bought pie crust. Oh yeah. Also empanadas, which are another like way to use that cooked ground seasoned beef and wrap it in like a cornmeal pastry. And it's actually like easier than people think it is to make. Totally. Let's talk about like flatbreads, pizzas. Uh, Do you ever use ground meat to top those? Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that all the time. Which also makes me think of tostadas, which I yes. feel like is still in the same realm of like the nachos, tacos, but basically anything, anything flat you can top yeah. ground to meat. Um, we do ground sausage and ground pork on pizza a lot. There's a local place that I think I've talked about this in the pizza episode. There's a local place that does this like ricotta, Parmesan, um, ground pork and ground sausage pizza. And then they put hot honey on the top of it. They call it the honey badger. It's so good. And we make that at home. I'm trying to think of there's a really great recipe on kitchen, which is actually like a vegetarian recipe for these like grilled flatbreads. You make the super simple yogurt dough and you put it on the grill. And then there's sort of like a a Greek salad of tomato and cucumbers and red onions that go along with it. And you put yogurt on top. But we've done that with ground lamb, just like Mm. seasoned with lots of oregano and lemon zest and olive oil. So good. What about you? What flat things do you put ground meat on? I actually don't do that a lot. So it's fun to hear your take on it. I feel like when we do pizza, I don't know, maybe like cooking ground meat just to top pizza. It feels like too much work. I'm like, the pizza's already the work. Um, (laughs) But But if you have leftovers. Yes. If you have leftovers. And actually, that's a really great, like, let's pause on listing for a second and talk about that. Because if you're going to bother like browning ground meat and you you hear, listen to all these different applications, you don't always have to brown it in the moment or cook it with other things. You can add it to stuff. So always just start with a double batch, like brown your meat, then take out half, pack it up for some other dinner and then continue on your recipe, you know, add the tomato sauce or add the taco seasoning or whatever it is. I do, we're going to move from flat, if that's okay, to stuffed. (laughs) Flat to stuffed. Because um, when you grow up Greek, 
you eat tons of stuffed vegetables. So stuffed peppers, stuffed zucchini. (laughs) uh, I mean, I guess those are the two main ones, stuffed eggplant, but I do that a lot. And it's cool because I feel like my kids don't love zucchini, but you get to like scrape out the middle and then use that in the ground meat stuffing. And it kind of just blends and melts in. So you're making use of the whole vegetable, but it feels more like, call it a vegetable boat, (laughs) you know, or whatever. Um, Yeah. And then you can do fun flavors too, like taco boats or pizza boats, right? Totally. Totally. Um, And you can use like a more dry version of ground beef that's just has dry seasonings and just enough like maybe broth to like moisten it all up. Or you can do something like with a stuffed pepper, a little more soupy, like we would do, you know, like uh, we would add tomato sauce, a little bit of cinnamon, and then like stuff the pepper with it and then bake. Mm -mm. I was going to say, I don't think we do a lot of stuffed ground meat dishes, but I, my mom made cabbage rolls pretty frequently oh, when I was yes, growing up. Yes, I and love I haven't had those that in years. And that sounds really good. Because, you know, you like cook the ground meat and you put it in the cabbage roll and then you braise the whole thing in like tomato sauce. And it's so, so tender and delicious. Yum. I love stuffed cabbage. How about bowls? How about bowls? Mm-hmm. We have a whole episode. Let's talk about bowls. Put a little ground meat on top of hummus, which is another episode that we have yep. on top of rice. We do like st- sort of like stir fry rice bowls a lot, and I'll use ground pork for that. Also, we've been eating a ton, a ton of lettuce wraps this summer, and I love ground chicken, ground pork, or ground turkey for those because you want to like cook them till they're brown, but then you also add sauce and other veggies to it. And so it's like fine to have sort of a neutral meat to start with, I think. Yeah. So, okay. I'm glad you brought this up because we've been talking about mostly starting by browning beef. And I want to say that for um, the recipe for Thai style LARP in winter, winter chicken dinner, and LARP is basically like a room temperature or cold ground meat salad, Mm -hmm. typically pork uh, served in Thailand. And it's usually served over rice or just as a salad with like a bunch of like herbs and cucumber spears and lettuce on the side. But in the U.S., a lot of people present it with lettuce cups so that you can eat it that Mm -hmm. way. Either way, I first learned how to make it in a Thai cooking class in Thailand years and years ago. And, you know, when I was writing the book, I was reflecting on that recipe and doing a bunch of research. And I noticed that there's a lot of different ways that Americans try to do this recipe. And I kept going back to the original recipe, one, because it was the best one. And also the technique made so much sense. Instead of browning the meat, you cook it in just a little bit of broth and it keeps the meat super, super moist because a lot of the flavor is coming from a dressing and you toss the meat in the dressing afterwards. So I think this is a really, really great technique where basically you put just a little bit of broth, you put in the ground beef, 
You break it up, but try not to mess with the beef too much. You don't want it to, when you overwork it, it's going to get tough. You want it to be really like succulent and tender. And you just kind of break it up gently, let it cook. And then if you've put a little too much broth, that's okay. Like once the meat's cooked through, drain that off and then let the meat cool a little bit and then toss it with a super punchy, delicious, bright dressing. And it's so yum. So, so yum. Yes. I'm going to have to try that. Hot tip, Phyllis. Hot tip. Okay. We didn't talk about burgers. You know that, right? We should talk about burgers. Burgers, 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 burgers. (laughs) I feel like you're a burger expert. Person? Did I make that up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think you made that up and it's fine. I'll take, I'll wear that crown. Okay. I do feel like... (laughs) I do feel like there are probably some like crumbled and seasoned applications like soups and stews that we didn't talk about. So we'll just have to start a whole like recipe collection um, either on Pinterest or in our listeners group, maybe both. But I want to talk about like patties, which include burgers. Patties. Oh, you see, you got fancy. I knew you were the expert. You're like, we're not just going to talk about burgers. We're talking about patties. And meatballs kind of like dovetail into each other. So it's like... Um, We should talk about them as a group. We are eating a lot of burgers right now in general and specifically beef burgers. One, because we're not going out for them like we typically do. And two, because Ella, my eight-year-old, is just like weirdly obsessed with burgers. Like if she could (laughs) choose dinner every night, that's what she would choose. And they feel they're kind of fun. I have a recipe on thekitchen.com for these wild. They're wild. They're called butter burgers. You take frozen butter and you grate it and you work it into patties of ground sirloin and then you grill them. And they are like the juiciest burgers from the grill that you will ever have in your entire life. They're so weirdly amazing. I mean, it's butter, so I shouldn't be really surprised. (laughs) But in general, if I'm making beef burgers, I like a combination of ground sirloin and ground chuck because chuck has more fat, so it has more moisture and sirloin has more flavor. But like you were talking about at the beginning of the episode, you could you could do like ground short ribs or you could get ground bacon and incorporate that into your burger patties. And when I'm cooking beef burgers, I don't like besides adding butter, besides seasoning with salt and pepper, I don't add a lot of things to the patties. I like them just kind of straight up. I know people are really into like juicy Lucy's, which are where you put cheese in the center of your patty, or some people swear by like grilling your patty um, with the, when the first side is down, you put a little divot in the top of it Uh and add a little butter, a pat of butter. But when I'm making like turkey burgers or chicken burgers, I like to do this thing, this technique. You probably know this very well from writing the chicken cookbook called, I'm going to call it the wrong thing right now, a pad, a pad nod. That's not the word for it. It's basically bread and milk or bread and yogurt mm-hmm. mixed together. And then you add it to the ground meat. It adds moisture and it helps with binding. Yes. So I did experiment with that for the book. I ended up finding that I liked adding to ground chicken, especially if you only have white meat ground chicken, a little bit of oil, like for a pound and a half of meat, like just a teaspoon of oil about, and grating the cheese and putting it inside. So Mm. now I realize that if you eat meat, but you don't eat 
dairy. This isn't ideal, but it's kind of a take on the milk and breadcrumb thing. And it's funny because I'll do the milk and breadcrumb thing for meatloaf, but for burgers, I like that the cheese gives a little bit more flavor than the milk. And you're a little less worried about binding because a patty is smaller and can hold together a little easier than a whole big loaf. And I don't like putting bread into my burgers the same way. I know. So that's, I think they're both really great though. Like, especially if you're working with ground poultry or some other like leaner meat. What are some of your favorite ways to flavor like a ground chicken or ground pork patty for a burger? I personally just love a good beef burger. I'm like you, like... I just like chuck sirloin or get fancy and do brisket. Yeah, like salt, pepper, heavy salts. And like on the thinner side, I don't love a super thick burger. But if I'm in it, so when I go for like a turkey burger or a chicken burger, I tend to want it to be something different altogether because I'm not concerned with it being a leaner version of a hamburger. So it's like its own separate special thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I really do like taking ground chicken and putting in um, shredded cheddar, like an extra sharp cheddar or pepper jack. And then doing like, you know, a Southwest style, you know, like grilled onions, a little guacamole, like that kind of thing is really delicious for me. Yes. Okay. I want to say also as sort of like a segue into meatballs. (laughs) segue into meatballs. I'm cracking myself up over here. Not all patties have to go into a bun and they don't all have to be burger size. So like you could take ground lamb and season it and cook it in small patties or even like in a kofta sort of shape. Yeah. Like somewhere between a meatball and a patty and then put that in a pita or on top of a salad and it's still like a brilliant and easy way to use ground meat. So totally agree. And, you know, like half beef, half hot. I like hot Italian sausage, but sweet Italian sausage works too, is a really nice like patty to do. Like, you know, make your own sub, like Italian sub night, put out Mm. like little hot peppers and like a nice strong Italian dressing with a lot of oregano. I don't know. That's the Jersey in me showing through. (laughs) Also, now I'm just like, I can't believe we didn't talk about loose meat sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like Sloppy Joe's, but also there's like St. Louis has a, is it St. Louis? And like they call it a loose meat sandwich, which is kind of like a Sloppy Joe, but without the sauce. And so there's like so many numbers of those sort of like crumbled cooked Yum. seasoned sandwiches sauce on top hot peppers in there Well, and then now yeah i also can't believe we didn't talk about things like picadillo where you just have yes. you just have like a loose meat saute and like that's it people like serve it on rice or whatever you know next to a carb that is a favorite too in my house love that because you cannot just you know you can go beyond just the dry spice seasoning where you can also start to add like capers or chopped green olives or you know all these things that have nice big bold flavor um and you're basically using the ground meat as like a you know a nice big bowl of protein that's it's kind of like having a bowl but you don't have to like dress it up with a thousand other things (laughs) you know i think of a bowl as being busy yeah oh right you like 
have a, a carb or grain or rice or whatever it is. And then you have like your ground meat and then you have like a little yeah. salad that you made and then you have a sauce. And, yeah. and then at the end of the day, you're like, this weeknight dinner took yeah. me 75 Totally. Pans totally. And like, 45 minutes. And now who's going to clean this mess up? Yeah. Like a yes. picadillo is literally like your ground meat, throw in some chopped olives for a nice big punch of like inexpensive, delicious, salty flavor, and then serve it on rice. Done. <laughs> Done. Okay, I feel like we shouldn't spend a ton of time talking about meatballs since we do have a whole episode on meatballs, right? We do. I'm not making that up. No, we do. I think we do. Okay. (laughs) We do. (laughs) We do. We do. We do. But I just want to shout out chicken parmesan meatballs, which is a recipe in your book. Oh, yeah. That are so good and just like a totally brilliant and different way to serve meatballs. We also do pork, like ground pork and ground sausage meatballs that we put barbecue sauce on and eat them in subs regularly. And those are so good. Yes. And I also didn't put it in the book, but I experimented with chicken barbecue meatballs where I put the shredded, just like I talked about for the burger, shredded cheddar into the chicken meatballs and then fry them, you know, brown them on all sides and then douse with barbecue sauce put the lid on and let them finish cooking. And then Listen, it's like, I really wish yeah. you hadn't brought those up because now we want the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have it somewhere. I do. We're doing it. Uh, send it my way, Billis. We could get it into show notes if we, if I can photograph it. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I might even I'm have a saying. test photo because I do some, okay. I do that sometimes. And then I sometimes keep my files organized, but sometimes none of those things happen. <laughs> It's not today. We already know it's not today because uh, it's a technical difficulties day. <laughs> See, you thought that we I had a lot to say about ground beef and we're like going into minute 40 here. Right. So we should bring it back to the listeners group and get some more ideas there. And also I want to say, because I this year I've gotten to experiment with um, alternative meats like Beyond Meat and oh my goodness, what is the other one? I don't know, but can you, I'm glad you're bringing this up. I want you to talk about this. Yeah. Sa- I mean, do you ever work lo- with seitan? Seitan can be crumbled. Can't yeah. it? I don't want to, uh, seitan I think is like a whole other sort of like beast, sort of like tofu is. And maybe we should do a whole episode about those sort of like alternative meats that have existed for forever. But now you can buy like Beyond Meat in the grocery store, which looks and feels and cooks a lot of the ways that we would cook ground meat. But it's vegan. Yeah. Or vegetarian. And I will say, I've really enjoyed trying it this year. I think, like, the the thing you have to be cautious about is, like, overcooking it, which seems silly because, like, you'd think, oh, you can't really overcook it. It's, like, pea protein or whatever. But you can. And so making sure that it's, like, got plenty of fat and plenty of sauce on it, especially if you're doing, like, a meatloaf or tacos or any of these things that we've talked about i will link to i did a kofta style meatloaf with beyond i think it was beyond beef for kitchen and we'll link to their recipe it's really good and there's like a lovely little salad that goes along with it too i just want to say about that though that i think these are super alternatives if you are vegan if you're giving up meat if you eat meat Please don't go into buying one of these meat alternatives with the assumption that it's healthier if you haven't looked at the label. 
because it really depends on what vector (laughs) you're looking for it to be healthier. A lot of these have a lot of saturated fats are high in fat, just like ground beef. They're not like worse. I'm not, this is actually like not a judgment at all, but like if you're trying to watch saturated fats, you know, or unsaturated fat, like just be sure that Beyond Meat actually meets the criteria. Yeah. What is your goal? And does that really get you there? Yeah. Cause some of them, I, when I looked at the label, I was like, oh, for me as someone who eats meat, like, I think I'd rather just opt for meat that has been ethically raised. Yeah. So it just depends. Yeah. Um, but one shout out for a vegan substitute that I love, chorizo seitan that crumbles. Ooh, yeah. It's really great. There's a brand that I like, Upton's Naturals makes it. I found it at Whole Foods once, tried it, and it was delicious. Tastes okay. just like chorizo. We should link to that in the show notes. And I will also link to an article, I think it was The Atlantic wrote, and they basically like broke down the health implications, nutritional value of like ground beef versus beyond yeah, beef. Yeah, perfect. I yeah. think that's super helpful just so people so know what they're getting into. I just, we can't talk about ground meat and not also talk about it because one of our friends in our listeners group was like, hey, you had a whole cheese episode and you didn't talk about vegan cheese That is so stuck with you. <laughs> not really... in a bad way. No, a good not way, in a bad I'm way. I'm like, oh, that means we should talk about these yes. things because we do have vegans and vegetarians in our listeners so there you go there you hopefully go. those are just like quick weeknight dinner ideas for everybody and hey uh speaking of that listeners group find us as didn't i just feed you on instagram and facebook and when you ask to join that private listeners group you'll be prompted with a question the answer is whiskey or just tell us your favorite cocktail i was gonna try to come up with a ground beef joke i want most importantly subscribe to didn't i just feed you so you don't miss a single episode and if you like what you hear please please tell your friends about us we want to be of service to as many parents and busy home cooks as possible and hey leave a review on itunes which also helps people find us our music is good old times by alex cohen provided by jamendo a huge thank you to our editor samantha gatsik i'm megan and i'm stacy stay sane and well fed until next week don't forget to look for our listeners group on Facebook, the answer to the question is whiskey. Whiskey? You're not allowed to drink whiskey. It's alcohol. Hey guys, it's Stacy, and I'm here to help you say goodbye to dry, boring chicken dinners with my new cookbook, Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, 50 Winning Ways to Cook It Up. It's a practical handbook of go-to chicken recipes that will help you solve dinner. From Filipino-style chicken adobo made in an Instant Pot to a weeknight version of classic chicken salt and boca, kid-approved chicken parmesan meatballs to pineapple chicken salad with toasted coconut, this book is packed with modern, vibrant recipes so you can roast, grill, slow-cook, sheet pan, and braise your way to dinner deliciousness. Get your copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or IndieBound, or at your local independent bookstore. All links are available at didn'tijustfeedyou.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.
our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.